What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Report's NFL Draft Podcast. I'm Matt Miller, the lead NFL draft writer at Bleacher Report, and joining me every Friday are Mello and bartender Dan. Mello, what's up, buddy? How's Missouri? It's got to be better than Minnesota. Uh, you know, I've been here with a sick kid all day, so I don't know. It's it's warmer than it is up there for you, that's for sure. Yeah, but it was negative. I don't know if it's better. Negative two when I woke up this morning. Mello's with me for the first half of the show. If you're a new listener, welcome. Dan will be with us the second half when things get uh, a little different. They're a little more Dicey. fun. A little, yeah, a little edgier. First half of the show, we're going to go around the league, talk a lot about this Alex Smith trade. We're going to fix the Miami Dolphins. And, and then we'll come back second half of the show. We're going to give you our top five Super Bowl memories, uh, and, and which is really like from 1990 until now because we're all pretty young. And we're going to do our questionable calls. And then Mello's segment, Just the Tip, where he gives you yeah. guys life answers. Let's stress that Mellow's segment, not anybody else's. I don't care what you see on the internet. That's my baby. You need a you need a polo shirt with just the tip on it. Uh, apparently, that <laughs> doesn't give anybody any tips. Yeah. So let's let's jump right into it, and then we'll get to that stuff. <laughs> the the I was sitting in my hotel room. I'm I'm up here in Minneapolis for Super Bowl week. I'm sitting there Tuesday night. And I'm trying to work on this huge mock draft, seven-round mock draft that'll come out Monday morning. And I, my phone starts blowing up. And it's all these Twitter alerts and everything. And I'm like, what is going on? And it's Alex Smith traded to Washington. And because it's like January 30th and this is happening, I'm like, there's no fucking way. Like, is this speculation? And then I start reading and scrolling. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, no, they actually traded him, which you normally can't trade until March 14th when the new league year starts. So needless to say, I had to delete uh, three of seven rounds of a mock draft and then spent the rest of the night answering questions about it. Doing a seven-round mock draft anyway has to be a nightmare. That's something I would never want to do. But then having it all destroyed because a quarterback gets traded in January, that just had to be a total shit show for you up in Minnesota. Yeah, it was. But it it does affect everyone. It really does because I I think the Browns, it's it's come out the Browns tried to get in on this trade. That would have affected the number one pick in the draft. Now we know for sure that Kirk Cousins is going to be a free agent, and that dude's going to get paid, which is great for him. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, man, he's going to get so much money. He, he'll he get $25 million a year easily. He might get close to 30 But it, And he's going to get a lot of guaranteed money also. Oh, yeah. Oh, without a doubt. But it, it affects everyone because if he goes to the Jets, they have the sixth pick. They're not going to draft a quarterback at six if they get Kirk Cousins. Same for Denver at five. If they get Kirk Cousins, all this Baker Mayfield talk goes out the window at five, and all the Josh Allen talk goes out the window at five because they're not going to need him. So this, you know, maybe it sounds extreme to delete three rounds of a mock draft over one trade, but it it does affect everything because not only is Washington no longer in the running for a quarterback, wherever Cousins goes, that team doesn't need one either. So it's uh, it. Yeah, it's a nightmare as a writer when that happens. Where do you think he goes, Mello? Listening to the midweek show, I think maybe you guys have brainwashed me, but I think the Jets, it just seems like that would be a good place for him. But I honestly, I can't put Denver out of the running for it. They have such a good defense, and you know John Elway is going to come up with a good, solid pitch, just like he did with Peyton Manning a couple years ago. So I kind of think he's going to go to Denver. Oh, that's the I saw the betting lines and and bartender Dan can answer this in the second half of the show if he's put money on this or not. Denver is slightly favored right now. Just just slightly. The Jets, I think, are are like three to two. And I want to say Denver's three to one unless that line has changed. Not that we gamble a lot on the show, but it. Yeah, 
it is going to be fascinating because Denver does the Jets can throw the most money at him of the teams that he's rumored to be interested in. I guess Denver's trying to sell the Peyton Manning experience where you can go in and win a Super Bowl. I think John Elway is a terrible GM. I and I think Vance Joseph yep. is a lame duck coach. There's no way like Denver's great. I would rather live in Denver than New Jersey. But other than that, I don't think there's any way I would go out there. And I don't think there's any way that the Browns are real contenders for him right now. No, and I don't think he would go there, even if they yeah. even if they offer. Uh, and I mean, you guys know a big part of my job is talking to these agents and and executives and things. And I've pretty much been told that they're out. Like it's not even an option for him to go to the Browns or the Cardinals. So I guess if you want to, you know, I'll I'll add him chef to this shit and tell you that it doesn't look like he's going there. I think the Vikings maybe will make a run if this the Teddy Bridgewater contract is is another thing that we all have to pay attention to because he could be a free agent, but the Vikings could also claim that since he wasn't healthy until after week six this year, that this year doesn't count and they would have him for one more season. It's it's really complicated. It's kind of like the AJ McCarron thing that's going on in Cincinnati, but they might have Bridgewater back. And if they do, then they're not going to go after Cousins. Exactly. It, it really will affect all those teams at the top. So who knows what the guy does. But from if I'm betting, I'm going to say he goes to Denver. All right. So Mahomes is the starting quarterback in Kansas City. How do you feel about that? Because you were not a Mahomes guy at all. And now he's a starter. I'm, I'm still not a Mahomes guy. Like the what I was thinking about after Alex Smith got traded is if you are a Chiefs fan, look at what you could have had going into the playoffs this year. You draft a guy like Reuben Foster with that pick that you had. You don't have to trade anything up or down. You can snag Reuben Foster. How much would that have helped them against the Titans? Uh, like that's a, yeah, they would have won. Yeah, they couldn't stop the run. You get a middle linebacker that's solid. You can stop the run now. They use their other second-round pick on Passanio. He's a project guy. Go try to win the Super Bowl now. I, I get they're planning for the future, but you had a good team in place with an old defense. Get some good young pieces that can play right now like a guy like Reuben Foster. And then this year in the draft, you could have went and got yourself a corner. I know they got Fuller in that trade, which is awesome. I think that's a great move. But I think they hurt themselves because they were set to win now. And now they have to wait and hope that Mahomes is ready to go. I, I don't know many second-year quarterbacks that are going to be ready to contend for a Super Bowl. No, I mean, Roethlisberger did it. But other than that, and I guess Russell Wilson maybe did. But they also had great, great teams around them, great defenses. And the Chiefs do have a lot of needs. You mentioned getting Kendall Fuller. That is a steal, man. It, it, he was one of the best slot corners in the NFL last year. So to get a third-round pick and Kendall Fuller for Alex Smith— I think it's a haul. I'm with you. Like, I understand what you're saying that maybe the Chiefs did this too soon, but because of Alex's contract situation, it was almost like they had to do it or they felt like they had to do it now as opposed to waiting until next year. Uh, so are we going to bet Chiefs over under again this year? Because last year we won <laughs> over under nine and a half. I'm anxious to see what the line is. I don't know if Dan and Mitch are going to want to bet us this year after what yeah. happened. I think we let them set the line last year. I bet it's not nine and a half this year. No, it's probably seven and a half, maybe, would be my yeah. guess of where it starts at. So I don't, I'd probably still take that action. I don't know. We'll I'd, see. I'd let's see what, that under. Let's see what happens in free agency in the offseason before we, yeah, we yeah. get crazy and start betting on things. All right, one more quarterback note. J- Jimmy Garoppolo, free agent in San Francisco, uh, talked to someone this week. 
who is in that organization, and they basically said, we are prepared to make him the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Right or wrong? Is that what they should do? Yeah, I think it is what they should do, and it is obviously what they're going to do because he's going to be the highest-paid quarterback for like a year until the next guy comes up. We're not saying that he's the best quarterback in the league, although I don't know, you might have that opinion on him. (laughs) <laughs> Not yet. Let's give it more than a seven touchdown five pick season before we we throw him out there as the best yeah, quarterback. But, but yeah, but they're going to give him money. I'm eager to see how much he gets guaranteed. If Alex Smith can pull 70 guaranteed, what oh. the hell are you going to give a guy like Garoppolo? I you bring up a great point and I can't wait to see the actual numbers. It's going to be funny when Alex Smith is making more than Aaron Rodgers this year. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Because Rodgers yeah. is like the 12th highest paid quarterback in the NFL, which is mind-blowing that like Joe Flacco and Blake Bortles are making more than Aaron Rodgers. But that's where we are. All right, before we fix the Dolphins, I wanted to share some sad news with you that I don't know if you know yet. So are you ready? Well, I am sitting down. You're so sitting we'll down. See. You're in your sweats. You're comfy. I saw your yep. I saw your Instagram post. You guys look, you look very comfortable. All right. The bad news, Puna Ford is not being invited to the Combine. That's ridiculous. Like, I don't, what is the NFL doing with these invites to the Combine? <laughs> There's so many guys that are like, oh, they didn't get their invite this year, and then wait two weeks, Puna Ford will get his invite because everybody should be on Twitter just bitching about it because this guy can play football. I know he's not six foot tall, but I don't give a shit. Like Baker Mayfield's barely six foot tall. <laughs> He's going to be a first round pick. I intentionally kept this from you, waiting for that just raw reaction. <laughs> to, yeah. to, he might be the second best Texas prospect. After Connor Williams, do you think he's better than yeah. Blake? Maybe. Maybe. Oh. As far as production it goes at what he did at Texas, yes. But I don't know if he's a better NFL prospect. But he, he was a better player. He might have the better career. Yeah. He's like he's destined to be a Pittsburgh Steeler, but it sounds like he's not going to get invited. You mentioned it; like a lot of a lot of players that we all liked are not getting yeah. invited. I think we should Griffin have a, finally got his. Griffin he finally got his, got his. Invite, at least. Yeah, I think we should have a stick to football combine and invite all these guys who don't get invites. Yeah, like uh, some of those other Senior Bowl type games. You know, the guys that can't get to the Senior Bowl, we have our own combine. Yeah, stick to we, football. We can do it at Pitt State. They got some good facilities. Oh, they over do. There. Yeah, I say we don't have a budget for this, so we're gonna have to keep it. <laughs> have to keep it real cheap. We might be doing it at the liberal high school field. <laughs> yeah, we need a we need one of those sweet Reese's sponsors, and then we'll be all set. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's uh, let's fix the Miami Dolphins, and we've talked a lot of quarterbacks tonight, and we have to again here because. Ryan Tannehill coming off an injury, they can technically opt out of his deal right now if they want to. And his he got way too much money when he came up a few years ago. So I, I think the biggest question is they're picking at 11. They could be right there in that range for Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield. Do you trust Ryan Tannehill or do you draft another quarterback? No, that's Tannehill's a guy that I've never liked. Even coming out of a and I, I never thought he was going to be that guy that could lead you to the Super Bowl. He's more of like a stopgap quarterback for you. And I think if you're picking at 11, that is the perfect spot to grab a guy like Josh Allen. 11 yeah because you don't want to get a Josh Allen tattoo if exactly he's... like he doesn't he's not going to go top 10 but 11 sure let him ride with that and he you know he kind of fits he's like a a rich man's Tannehill he's athletic big arm tall guy big hands 
can sling it. So <laughs> go grab him at eleven. That's that's what I would do if I were the Dolphins. So we need to we need to explain your stance here because you posted a Josh Allen scouting report and you basically took all roasted. of it. You took all his positives and made them negatives, and, and <laughs> yeah. strongly advocated for him to be drafted at eleven. Reason being, oh, yeah. if Josh Allen's drafted in the top ten, you have to get a Natty Light Tramp Stamp tattoo. Which I'm not actually that upset about. If you've listened to the show before, you probably understand that. But uh, I don't want to sit through that pain. I'm good with the tattoo and it being on my body forever. I just don't want to have to go through it. I feel like there's going to be some shading, maybe a lot of color, and I don't want to have to go through it. But yeah, my Josh Allen tweet, I try to do a scouting report every Sunday. And this week I chose Josh Allen. I took all of his good traits and tried to kind of downplay them. That way, you know, all those NFL teams that are following me on Twitter, they're going to look at that and be like, you know <laughs> right. what? Yeah. Got to wait till 11 to get good value on Josh Allen. Yeah. I'm, I imagine Mike McCagnan sitting in, in Florham Park going, oh, man, we, we can't draft this kid at six. Melo doesn't like him. <laughs> I know. The Browns are like, well, what the fuck are we going to do now? We had him at one or four. Apparently, he's the 11th can't do pick. It. Can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Teams will be trading down. So it's a team that might be trading up. The Dolphins could do it if they want to get – up there to get a quarterback. I do think four go in the top 10. I, I think Rose and Darnold, Allen and, and Baker all go top 10. Adam Gase, you know, he's a quarterback guy and he didn't pick Tannehill. So I could definitely see them going quarterback. Another area they have to get better at is the interior O-line. They need help at guard. Uh, Mike Pouncey yeah. at center. I think it's, I mean, he's getting older and I think he's overrated. So it's too early to, to draft Billy Price, but it wouldn't be too early to take Quentin Nelson if he happened to exactly. fall. And I know some people, we were talking about Texas, some people in the NFL think Connor Williams would be a better guard than tackle. If he's on the board, do you think about drafting him, making him your left guard and just running with Tunsil and Connor Williams on the left side? That that all of a sudden looks pretty dang good. That would be scary. And it might be good for a guy like Connor Williams to get his feet wet in the NFL guard. I like that move. Yeah, let a guy play for a year or two at guard, and then see what he's got at tackle. He's definitely they definitely have to. Yeah, yeah, and the Dolphins have to address that. All right, stay or go, Jarvis Landry. Should they? I think that's a huge decision for them. Do they tag him? Do they try to resign him? Do they just let him go because they have Kenny Stills and they drafted Devontae Parker? That's going to be a huge question mark for them. I personally think Landry. I I would try to keep him. I, I think he's a really good player, but we'll see if you know if he fits into the long term plans there. And I'm with you, too, because like we just talked about, they're probably going to address quarterback in the draft. And if they do that, why not set him up with some really good targets and bring a guy like Landry back to the Dolphins? Yeah, one of the, I think he's one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. And people hear slot receiver and think it's like a bad thing, and it's, it's really not. It's, it's a very important spot. So other, yeah. are, other areas I highlighted for them, I know they have Rishad Jones and TJ McDonald at safety. I don't trust TJ McDonald at safety. I mean, the dude was just suspended for like half a season. So I can see them going safety. They are young at corner, but they got to get a middle linebacker in there. Uh, they have to get sp- more speed at linebacker. Um, Raekwon McMillan and Kiko Alonso are both solid, but they need they need one more guy in there. So that's another area. And I, I think at some point you got to draft another running back. I, I know they like Kenyon yeah. Drake, but it's a deep running back class. Just think you could get like Josh Adams from Notre Dame and the, the third or fourth round and have a great balance in your backfield with some power with, with Adams. And then you've got Kenyon Drake's speed and receiving skills. Yeah, I agree with you. They have to address quarterback, hopefully get something on the interior line, running back, linebacker, hell, they could even go tight end late. This is a deep tight end class too. They've got a lot of needs, a lot of needs. So I think you bring back a guy like Landry if you have all those holes to fill. Yeah, I'm absolutely with you. They're an interesting team because – 
I think we all liked Adam Gase as the hire. They, they've had a front office that's been structured really weird um, with like three different GMs and a president and, and everything. But I, I do like I like their skill players a lot. I like Stills. I like Landry. I like, I like Drake. If they can just get consistency at quarterback and plug some holes on defense, you're not going to win the AFC East because Tom Brady's still Tom Brady. But you can at least, yeah. I, I think, do kind of like what Buffalo did and fight for a wild card spot. Exactly. It's the favorite time of the week for me. We get to talk questionable calls, top fives, and Mello gets to fix all y'all with just the tip. Welcome back to the show. I'm Matt. Mello's here. And bartender Dan bringing the, bringing the depth, Those, that deep voice, that yeah. sexy voice to the – you sound like Barry White. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> sounds like late night radio. The, I don't, yeah. That's right. We're going to have to get a 1-900 number if those still exist for people that call in and Ooh. listen to you talk. Just could you, you might be doing ad reads tonight instead of me. Uh, I'll do it. Sounded pretty good. Do it. Yeah, I've seen you try to read and talk at the same time. It doesn't always go well. All right, let's jump right into this. Questionable calls. I'm freezing my ass off in Minnesota, and you guys like I'm built for the cold. You know, I got a layer on me for the cold, and it's it's killing me up here. It was negative two when I woke up. It's like six degrees outside, and it's different. You know, people always say that. Oh, it's Arizona's not that hot. It's a dry heat. Well, in Minnesota, they have a wind that we don't have at home. It's coming straight off the North Pole and just goes right through you. So my question will call having a Super Bowl, which happens in February every year, having it in Minneapolis. That's not a great decision. Yeah, it's all those damn lakes up there, man. I don't I don't understand it, though. Having your Super Bowl at a place, you know, is going to be cold like New York. Wasn't probably too bad, but Minnesota, Jesus, what are you doing? And next year it's in Atlanta, which would be a little better. But Dan, you like your family lives up here. What do they just have like the little um, icy hot things in their pockets all the time? Oh yeah, of course. Hot hands, yeah. icy hots. They they just drive around on their uh, their little um, you know snowplow, snowmobiles, snowmobile. <laughs> That's the one I'm looking for. <laughs> Obviously, I don't live up there, so. <laughs> It's it's insane. I, I you know, I travel a lot now. I think, oh, I could I could live here. This is one of the few places I've been where I'm like, nope, I'm going home as soon as I can. All right, Mello, yeah, what so, do you got? Uh, we'll see you Saturday then, right? Yeah. Sunday, but yeah, you'll see me soon. Okay. Uh my first questionable call is you're obviously up there doing media week and uh radio guy, he hosts Tom Brady once a week. So one, how great is that gig? to have Tom Brady come on your radio show once a week. But then the guy has to go and insult Tom Brady's five-year-old daughter. What the hell are you doing, man? You have Tom Brady on your radio show once a week, and then you're going to say some shit about his daughter? Pretty messed up. We say some shit about people, and I I like to think we have a no-kid line, you know, where you just don't say things about someone's kid because— they're not yours. And like, yeah, all kids can be brats and they can they can suck, but you don't call out someone not else's mine. kid. Mine perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't talk shit on somebody else's kid. Like I can talk about my kids and if they're being bad, no one else does. Like, don't do that. Keep them off your lips. <laughs> good yeah. luck. Good luck topping that, Dan. Okay. Um my first one is listening to a true crime podcast when you're alone at work in the office all by yourself at night. The air conditioner kicks on, random noises in the background. 
freaks me out. I I only made that that poor decision once. I actually, I used to do it. I was saying, I told Mello a while back. I was like, I'm having these awful dreams about like people breaking in my house and killing me. I wonder if I should buy a gun because in Missouri, that's what you do. You just go buy a gun. And he was like, No, man, you need to stop listening to all those true crime podcasts. <laughs> you don't yeah. need a gun. You just need to clean up what you're listening to. You're right. That I listened to a Sword and Scale on my drive up, and it was like about this dude who like killed people and spread leaves all over his house. Like, I'm never oh, yeah. gonna be able to not think about that. So. Right. Awesome. Every time you see a leaf fall. Yeah. <laughs> Hope not. Uh, okay. My, <laughs> I only had two questionable calls this week because I've, I've been a, a little too busy to, to complain about things. Um, running for public office, questionable call. And I know our dear mother doesn't listen to the Friday show because we curse too much. But she has decided <laughs> to run for public office in our little bitty small hometown. And she messaged me and she was like, I'm really going to need your support with this because my the haters are already getting me. <laughs> so the, uh, the haters. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so she's having to deal There's with the haters. 700 people in that town. I know. I told her I would get some yard signs made for her and stuff. And I'm sure they're going to get vandalized. So I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, by me. <laughs> hey, I live in that town. I'll vote for her. There you go. So the, we got one vote. We got one. And then dad, we got two. So we're good. So that's my question. Uh, she just won. That's all she needs. Yeah. Running for public office and i have always said that i would love to like get into politics someday i used to say that i would never do it now but uh it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting couple months watching mom campaign yeah and no offense to the people that are from that town but i think most of them will agree that town is just a shithole anyway so <laughs> good luck mom she's gonna clean that. it up she's gonna clean it up she clean this up there yeah it's a shithole i grew up there <laughs> My next questionable call actually goes right into that, though, uh, because when she did kind of come out and say that she was going to run for uh, local office, she sent me a message that said, hey, I need to get with you this week. I have something I want to tell you. To me, that comes off as, oh, shit, something bad happened. Like, were mom and dad getting divorced? Like, what the hell is going on here? Somebody die? No. It's just the fact that she wanted to tell me she's running for public office. So questionable call. Telling someone that you have something to tell them. Don't waste your breath. Just come out and tell them, hey, guess what? I'm running for local office. Don't give me this line of shit about, oh, I have something to tell you. I got the same message. She was like, I know you're busy, but when you get home, we need to meet. I have I have some big news to tell you. And I'm like, yes. does dad have cancer? What's going on? Like worst case scenarios. Right. I'm like, you can't do this shit to me. I'm nine hours away, which is my greatest fear is that I'm going to be gone and something bad happened to someone in the family. And she's like, oh, well, no, I'm running for city council. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That is big I, news. Congratulations. She's already got that politician thing down. She's <laughs> yeah. making it sound more important than it really is. Building a moment. Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah, a great she question. She did that well. Uh, my, my next one, it goes out to one of us in the group that currently isn't in Missouri. Uh-oh. Not taking out the trash in your office. Oh, I've been <laughs> gone for two Mello weeks. Walked up oh, those shit. stairs today. We could smell a little something, and we're like, <laughs> "Oh, that's probably Matt's office." So we open the door, full trash can right by the door. Smells awful. I'm sorry. I, yeah, because we yep. had a bunch of people there last time we were there, and we ordered in yeah. food, and then I've been no, gone for I, two weeks. I've identified the problem, and it's actually something that we forgot to talk about on the podcast. Is that um, our boy Tim a couple of weeks ago gave us that whole baked hot dog thing? <laughs> you well, didn't. We did it. We we forgot to talk about it, 
it was okay. Like it took a long time baking hot dogs for two hours. It I wasn't worth just, it. You know, fried them up real quick, and it would have been about the same. Like, it was all right. Uh, the problem I had with it is I got super drunk afterwards, and I threw up all those hot dogs. So that's not something that I'm going to do again. But we also left those hot dogs in the office. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, well, I'm glad I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, yeah questionable call. I'm, I'm maybe you should have your maid come clean it up. I should. I'm actually really bad about uh, taking the trash out in that office because there's not. You have to walk down two flights of stairs just to throw your trash away and a million stairs. Out of sight, out of mind. I think you could just open the window and throw it out the window. Ooh. I, Maybe we try that tonight. Try to hit the dumpster. Yeah, go, yeah, go I for think it, that guys. dumpster is pretty close. Yeah. All right. Let's let's roll right into our uh, top five this week. It's gonna be our top five Super Bowl memories. Um, we're all close to the same age, so these should be fun. We're going five to one, and I'll, I'll kick it off. My number five is the comeback last year. Patriots. Everyone knows I'm like a closet Patriots fan, which I guess means I'm not a closet fan if everyone knows it. So anyway, yeah, this is two weeks in a row that you've mentioned it. Yeah, so I think so you're out. I think I've been out. You're out of the closet. I'm out of the closet as a Patriots fan. But what made it so great last year, Dan? We were talking about our kids, and your son comes to the Super Bowl party last year, <laughs> and he, he's just a little kid, and he's like so excited the Falcons are winning, and he's dancing and he's talking trash to everybody, <laughs> and then the comeback starts, and that dude disappeared. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But I mean, I'll be talking about this a little bit later, but yeah. 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 So that's, that's number five for me. Uh, and it was also just nice to actually be home for a super one and and get to watch it with everyone. But that, that is, it's the greatest super bowl comeback of all time. So it it has to be on the list. Yeah. My, my number five, it really has nothing to do with the game, but it was the Steelers Seahawks. I didn't care for either team. Didn't really like anybody on either team. But um, I went to a Super Bowl party with some of my friends, and we went to this house of this girl I had a crush on. And the Super Bowl party turned into a hot tub party. So that is that is one of my favorite memories right there. Nothing no give names. The game. Mm-hmm. Wow. No names. <laughs> Try to remember what year that was. Even like what? Well, you weren't there, so I wasn't. it was like two thousand six. Because I also went to a Super Bowl party that year. Different one, actually. Huh. Did you to a hot tub party? No, but it, it was like the first Super Bowl that I ever drank at, actually. Interesting. All right, Mello, what's number yeah. five? Uh, number five for me, kind of like Dan, it's not about the game, but it is a Super Bowl memory. For me, it's uh, Eugene Robinson. All the talk about him before the Super Bowl when he met up with that hooker, like that's all I can remember. I don't remember much of that game at all. I just remember Eugene Robinson and all the shit he got into. Yeah, yeah, that segues right into my number four. As a Falcons fan, I don't have a lot of very good Super Bowl memories. And the Falcons getting killed by the Broncos that year, that that was probably one of the most painful losses I've ever seen. I may be wrong about this, but I believe he had just won NFL Man of the Year. Like, Oh, I think week. you're right. And then got arrested with a prostitute. So not not great, Eugene Robinson. <laughs> not great. Not ideal timing. Not ideal timing. All right. Number four for me, uh, my first Super Bowl I was ever at was in New Orleans. Niners-Ravens. I'm a Niners fan. I was so excited. And the lights went out. And that is terrifying. When you are in a stadium and you don't really know what's going on and the lights go out and your first thought is terrorist attack. Your second thought is, like, is this game going to be finished and then it was so exciting because the Niners had the comeback. And it's like, oh, my God, they're going to come back and win. And they just they just fell short. So not only was it my first Super Bowl in person, but just the, you know, 
everything that went along with it, the fact that we they lost power for like 30 minutes definitely makes it a game I'm never going to forget. Yeah, and speaking of 49ers, my number four is Jerry Rice just absolutely killing the San Diego Chargers. That was one of my first Super Bowl memories. Uh, it wasn't my very first one, but I was still pretty young. And being able to see that guy perform in that kind of stage was just amazing. And it was Steve Young. We're big Steve Young supporters, at least Matt and I are. So being able to see Steve Young and Jerry Rice hook up for that Super Bowl and do what they did was my number four memory. I love Steve Young, too, the lefty. Um, I just like to give you guys crap sometimes because you haven't rated a little too high. I, I don't know if we do, but... I do. Matt, I definitely do. I definitely do. <laughs> um, okay, is it, is it back to me here for number three? Is that right? Uh, yeah, so mine's the same it. as Mello's. My number three is Mello's number four. Jerry Rice and the 49ers over the Chargers. Steve Young's first Super Bowl win. He's in the, the post-game press conference, and he's having Jerry rip the monkey off his back, and you're finally getting his Super Bowl after so many years of watching Joe Montana or playing in the regular season while Montana was hurt, and then Joe would come back for the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. So that that was a huge one for me. And also just the, the Niners were the first team to get five Super Bowl wins that year. So it was like a, a huge moment of validation for that dynasty, and it was, it was also the end of it, unfortunately, but... That is, that's just one of my favorite life memories as well as one of my favorite Super Bowl memories. Yeah, well, that was one of your favorites, and one of my least favorites was last year when when those Falcons blew that twenty eight to three lead. And like you said, my my son was out there. He was doing the dirty bird. He wasn't just <laughs> dancing. He was doing the dirty bird, and he was talking some trash. And then he he didn't know. He didn't know Tom Brady. That's that's where he went wrong. <laughs> you gonna learn today. <laughs> he learned. He learned. He now knows who Tom Brady is. But yeah, that one. Most most of my Super Bowl memories aren't good. <laughs> I was I was gonna say like the Falcons aren't a team we think of in the Super Bowl much, but I'm seeing at least three times on here we have them on our list. Yeah, not good memories though. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, not a real positive. Thanks, Eugene Robinson. Number three yeah. for me is a local one because uh, back when the Rams were in St. Louis, the Chiefs kind of sucked, and it seemed like everybody here in Missouri changed, and they went to being a Rams fan. And whenever they did that, I started rooting for like the Titans to win that Super Bowl because I wanted to see all these people get pissed off and just all these phony fans have their fake team lose. So I was really pulling hard for the Titans that year. And even though they lost, it just – having a rooting interest in the game made it more exciting for me and for it to come down to like that last minute or so where Kevin Dyson gets tackled within the five yard line, I think was very exciting for me. Top three memory for me. Uh, I really wish the Rams would have lost, but damn, that was a good team looking back on it. Steve McNair and Eddie George and Jeff Fisher should have known Jeff yeah, Fisher wasn't going to win. Any other coach, they win that Super Bowl by <laughs> 20. All right, number two for me, uh, I was another game I was at and sitting in the end zone, and the Seahawks are driving with the ball. Uh, Patriots are just barely up. Seahawks are, are within scoring range, and I look to Matt Bowen, who sit beside me, and I'm like, maybe the Patriots should just let them score so they can get the ball back with some time left to try to try to make something happen. And he's like, you know, you guys know how Bowen is just this hard school, you know, old, old school safety. He's like, nope, you got to play. You never know what's going to happen. And I swear to Christ, the next play, Russell Wilson threw a pick right in front of us. And you're not supposed to cheer when you're in like the press box or even in the 
the auxiliary press where we were sitting, which is basically in the stands. I started, it wasn't even like cheering because the Patriots were going to win. It was just this, oh shit moment of that just happened and it happened right in front of us. And it's just, it's insane. So that, that is up there for me as far as like, I didn't even really care about the outcome of the game, but it is kind of like last year's Super Bowl. It's just such a great moment that you're never going to be able to top it. Pretty much every Super Bowl, my team loses. And growing up in Wyoming, um, I used to be a big Broncos fan. My whole family were Broncos fans until I learned to make my own decisions and became a Falcons fan. I was a Broncos fan. So when Elway helicoptered versus Green Bay, that is by far my my most favorite good moment. <laughs> is that even how you say that? Most favorite? <laughs> my most Elway's favoritist. My most favorite. My mostest, mostest favorite. Can I recap this real quick? Your favorite Super Bowl moment is a man doing the helicopter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just, just wanted to make sure. Yeah, yeah got it. Seems like that should be you. just the tip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, we're tying in here nicely because my next, my number two memory here uh, comes from that same Super Bowl for way different reasons. Uh, I wasn't at the Super Bowl like Matt gets to be, and I wasn't cheering for either one of these teams, but I think I was about – 10 years old for that Broncos Packers Super Bowl. Yeah, you right? went, yeah. went to a friend's house and, you know, they're eating hot dogs. There's little smokies. There's all kind of food, dips, all this stuff. But I actually, I caught like a flu bug that morning. And so I was feeling a little under the weather and I still go to the Super Bowl party. I'm a fat little kid, so I'm eating all the food that I can. <laughs> and then at like halftime, I'm like, I'm going to throw up. And so I had to throw up at somebody else's house as a child, which was just a wreck. But I'd also eaten probably like 15 hot dogs. And I just threw them up everywhere in like chunks. It was the most disgusting thing. It almost ruined hot dogs for me. And so for the next like, I'm not even lying, two, three days, I'm throwing up hot dogs from a Super Bowl party. That's almost all I remember. I remember L.A.'s helicopter, just as Dan does. I also remember Terrell Davis being the man in both those. But for me, number two memory is throwing up all those damn hot dogs. I can't forget that feeling. And then I got to re, you know, live that a couple of weeks ago when I ate those stupid baked hot dogs. That's a great story. I remember that night. Uh, so number one for me, the reason that I became a 49ers fan, this is my first football memory. It's also one of my just first memories uh, of life in general. 55-10 beating the Denver Broncos. Montana and Rice and John Taylor, I mean, they just went off. They were unstoppable that game. And when you're a kid, and it's really the first time you're watching a game and kind of understanding what's going on, and we have older brothers, and they were talking about just how great the Niners were and how great Joe Montana is and how great Bill Walsh is. It had such a huge impact on me that from that moment on, I became a 49ers fan. I started collecting football cards and memorizing their stats and reading books about Jerry Rice and, and Joe Montana, begging our parents to get me jerseys and stuff. So I was I was really young when that happened. I think I was six years old, but I'll like— I have vivid memories of that game and the post game. And from then on, you know, here 28 years later, I'm still a 49ers fan. Well, I'll tell you who I'm not a fan of anymore. And that's the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> when I was, when I was young, I used to love Jim Kelly, Andre Reed. I used to love those Bills running up and down the field. Thurman Thomas, 
But then that damn Scott Norwood missing that <laughs> field goal broke my heart. That was also the first Super Bowl I remember pretty much the whole game of. And, oh, man, that was that was the start of my hatred for Super Bowls because every team I like loses. Yeah, you have, like, no you going for good this year? memories. <laughs> yeah. yeah, who are you pulling for this year? I bet on the Patriots, so oh, let's go Patriots. <laughs> great. <laughs> great. So, Philadelphia Eagle fans, be ready to celebrate yeah. that Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> you better start greasing those poles now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Mello. What's your, your top Super Bowl uh, memory of all time? Common theme here. I think we all went with, like, our first Super Bowl memory. For me, this is my first, like, just football in general memory that I have. Uh, we grew up real religious, which means you go to church three times a week. Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. So we didn't get to stay home for many Super Bowls. But when the Cowboys and Bills played for the very first time, it was actually you, Matt, that talked our parents into letting me stay home for the Super Bowl too, which was a huge deal that I got to skip church. That also started a trend. <laughs> but first Super Bowl memory was that Bills-Cowboys game where the Cowboys just destroyed them. And actually after that game, I became a Cowboys fan which was kind of funny. You were a Niners fan growing up. I liked the Cowboys for a while, so there was kind of that rivalry there. Looking back on it, I don't even really like their players, but I was a Cowboys fan, and that memory is what set it up for me. Yeah, you and your sweet Cowboys starter jacket. Hell yeah, man. I, You know, when we went Chiefs tailgating, I tried hard to find a Chiefs starter jacket. They're <laughs> fucking expensive now, though. They are. Starter, <laughs> starter jackets were great back in the day. I had like four or five of them. Yeah, so yeah like, and they were this, reversible. Dan was a Bills fan, a Broncos fan, and a Falcons fan. That's what I learned <laughs> I, I in that was, segment. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, you know, trying to find my way, and I obviously chose wrong. Yeah, yeah you definitely <laughs> thank, did. Thank you, Elway, for showing us that helicopter. Yeah, he really whipped it out in the last fourth quarter when he needed to. <laughs> TD with those migraines. Oh, yeah, he was the man on those he was. two Super Bowls, both of them. I think he won MVP once. Okay, one more segment tonight. Uh, we've had a lot of fun talking Super Bowl memories. Uh, we went really in-depth on the Alex Smith trade. And here's my plug for the night. If you guys haven't already, uh, go to iTunes. We're on Stitcher now. We're on Podbean. We're on TuneIn. Basically, anywhere you want to get a podcast, go and subscribe to Stick to Football. Leave a five-star review. And as you saw, I tweeted the other night and talked about it on Instagram Live. We actually read our reviews. So here's my formal apology to the gentleman who said we curse too much. We're, we're I feel like we actually cut back pretty well this week. So we're we're trying we're trying to make it at least R rated instead of whatever we were before. Uh, we're gonna close I feel it out like this you week. Did. I did. Yeah, yeah. I'm in a public radio studio as well, so I'm trying to be a good boy. Um, we'll close it out like we do every week with just a tip. This is where. You guys send Mello your questions, and the three of us try to chime in with the right answer. Most of the time we agree, sometimes we don't, but we've got a couple, we've got four, looks like four pretty good ones this week. The people showed up this week. It was great. Uh, so I think the Instagram lives that you guys were doing really helped out uh, getting our name out there and mentioning that, and then, you know, other people mentioning just the tip. Uh, maybe that helps get our questions up this week. Our first one comes from at JetsJoe73. And I love this question because I know the three of us have all been in this situation before. How do I convince my wife that her family parties suck and she should just she shouldn't ask me to go to them? Just let me stay at home and watch the Super Bowl alone. So what advice do we have here for Joe? I, have, I got it. Parties suck. I got the fix for him, Joe. For this week, you're officially a stick-to-football intern, and we need you to watch the game for us, man. Problem oh, solved. Oh, nice plug. Problem solved. 
tweet us yeah, your tweet you're us your, have to make that. Yeah, the, your your job is to watch the commercials and tell us which ones are the funniest next week. So there I, you go, Joe. I was gonna I was gonna say, Joe, you're already screwed because what you do is the very first year you're married. You say, oh, I have a thing I do every year with my friends. I'm going to watch it with them. Sorry, can't be with your family. Oh, that would be nice. Maybe we should all institute that as well. (laughs) I think it's already instituted. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see Sunday night. So, okay. So we got, uh, we're going to make him an intern. So he has to watch the game. That's good. Dan says, start a tradition early. That way you can continue it, which is much better than my advice because I was just going to say, get divorced. Just boom. <laughs> now you are free every Super Bowl. You don't have to worry about anything. No every one's going to bitch Bowl, you. You're free for March every Madness. Sunday. <laughs> yes. You're going to watch so much more football, man. So um, hopefully your wife doesn't listen to this, but. I feel like we got you some good, solid advice there. Yeah, you're three want to options. Listen to one of us. Yeah, three options. Pick one. Yeah. Next one we got um, at Ant underscore the Oreo, which is a nice name. He sends questions uh, in stick- every week. Oh, okay. I've never noticed him before. So thanks for listening. Now I will notice you. Power ranking. Okay, because we're BR guys. Power rank these light beers: Corona Light, Bud Light, Coors Light, Miller Light, and Natty Light. Oh, man, that's a whole top five we should do. We should just do a top five light beers. Uh, I would have one hey, answer. It's it's top five light. Yeah, top five light. Well, <laughs> Mellow's know, like, is going to be Natty Light, Natty version. Light, Natty no, Light, gotcha. Natty Light, Bud Light. <laughs> I, I feel like I can rip mine off pretty quick. Do it, uh, yeah. Natty Light, Bud Light, probably Coors Light, Corona, and then Miller Light, ironically, not a fan. All right, same, Dan. same, same, same with order? me. Same exact Miller Lite way at the bottom. I yeah. hate that. It's I, terrible. One for me, Coors Light in a bottle, obviously, because it's it's my my thing. Two, I can't believe I'm gonna say this. Natty Light. Three, Corona Light. Four, Bud Light, and then seventy four Miller Light. Because <laughs> my bowels yeah. do not like Miller Light unless they want to sponsor us. Then I'll take some Pepto or something. But oh, yeah. it's not good. Well, at least hang up some signs and wear some shirts. I'll do that all day. <laughs> yeah. What's weird is. I don't know if you were this way, Matt, but when I first started drinking beer, I was like, oh, I have to drink Miller Lite. I have to. And so for years, I hated beer and thought it was just all disgusting until I tried some other ones. And I was like, oh, okay, this is not too bad. I did the exact same thing. Yeah, I was like, oh, I have to drink Miller Lite. And then it's like, oh, no, no, don't. All right. Our next one's from our boy, Sylvester Valderrama, a.k.a. at Slyboy underscore 22. He's turning 30 and wants to know what advice we have for him. Honest advice or funny advice? <laughs> Honest One advice. <laughs> if you need to lose any weight, do it now. It only gets harder. <laughs> stretch. That, Stretching. That was my answer, too. Yeah. You need to stretch. And uh, have fun because who knows how many years we get. Might as well have fun with it. You know, I, I didn't believe him, but when I was in high school, my basketball coach said, when you graduate, you should run a mile once a week. You probably should have been running a mile every day before you got 30 because it's over now. Oh, Whatever yeah. you're doing, you're, you're set. That's, that's your life. Well, I just turned 30 this year, so I'm just going to go hang myself now, guys. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> My advice, and this is kind of what I started living when I was like 28, so close to 30, is just stop caring what everybody else thinks about you and just you do you and you be happy. Who gives a shit about all the other stuff? You've got your close group of friends probably or people that are at least close to you, and that's all that matters anymore. You're an adult. Screw what everybody else thinks. Do your thing. Sound advice. I like it. That's what I'm doing post-meningitis. So 
And it took, <laughs> there it you took, go. It took me 34 years to figure it out, but I'm getting there. All right. Looks you, like we you got know, I said more. I figured it out at 28. I don't know if I'm doing it yet, but uh, last one, Uncle Lou, Louis V837 has a solid question for us here. Going to a Taylor Swift concert with a few buddies. We're all late 20s, early 30s, so he probably listened to that last question too. One, is this weird? And two, how drunk is it acceptable for us to get? I tweeted this guy last night. It's like, where? when are we leaving? I want to go. <laughs> that sounds like a blast. I don't know if you two would be up for it. I would but be, But if yeah. we just got all of our boys in like a van and went to a Taylor Swift concert, I think we would have the night of our life. So no, it's not weird. And get as drunk as you want. Uh, just maybe have a guy that's like a check guy. Just, you know, it keeps you in check all night so you don't do anything stupid. Because there are going to be a lot of underage people there and a lot of moms. That See, are there's also going to be a lot of moms there, though. Yeah. So Well, they're probably going to be mean mugging you, but, you know. Cougar season. You, you know what else you do? You walk up to them and you're just like, hey, you know what my shirt's made out of? And they're going to be like, no, I don't know. And you're like, hey, step stepdad material. And then you mic drop and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you drop something. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's weird. Um, I, I actually think it's hilarious, and I am jealous that we don't get to go. Because he didn't he say they're in the U.K. or something, so we can't even just drive there and go? Yeah, yeah, it was going to be, be really hard. It'll be in London, yeah. Well, damn That's it. That's a short flight. It just is. Just a hop and a skip over an ocean. Yeah, <laughs> little puddle jumper. Uh, Mello, I see something important on here that we need to get to. I tweeted last night that if you invite us to your wedding this summer, we will come to it. And... Uh, there was a little pushback, and you implemented a two-thirds vote, and yes. so we're doing it. And that's – I told Dan this is something we need to bring up because I feel like we mention it a lot is the two-thirds vote thing. Uh, there are three of us, and we spend a lot of time together. So if somebody offers up an idea or something, majority rules. If it's a two-thirds vote, we're going to do it. And it even started out with like some really questionable topics. You guys were like, yes, this should happen. Both of you. And I was like, I don't really want to do it. But since both of you are voting for it, I'm going to go ahead and try. So two thirds vote is our thing. And we decided last night, if you invite us to your wedding, and I think we expanded to some other bachelor uh, party celebrations too, housewarming, yeah, housewarming, uh, <laughs> we can do the vote. housewarming now. now what about a baptism? I don't know if I want to yeah, attend that. Proud. That's not really our crowd. Two-thirds yeah. vote no? <laughs> yeah, two-thirds vote no on that baptism. But bachelor parties, weddings, got to send me a picture of that bridal party, though, or at least the ladies that are going to be there. I don't care if they're in the wedding. I just want to know who's going to be there. A single ladies group photo. I like it. Uh, I'm down for it. We don't have anything else to do this summer, so we might as well. Because teachers also don't work in the summer, which is another <laughs> Twitter thing. Hey, so moving on. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't get me riled up I, with that. I have one just a tip, and that's when the boss is out of the office, steal his chair. Oh, you're sitting in my chair tonight? Oh, I am. It is that chair's lovely. nice. <laughs> it's so nice. It's way better than those plastic foldy chairs you have us sitting in. I bought you guys nice folding chairs. <laughs> <laughs> we, we appreciate these folding chairs. Yeah. They're, they're much better than those metal ones. Yeah, right? They At least are the, like the woven mesh kind that give when your ass sits in them. So They're could, comfortable, but not as comfortable as this this boss's chair. Yeah, I feel like boss. Dr. Evil just spinning around in this thing. <laughs> no wonder your voice keeps going in and out. All right. That's our show for this week. <laughs> that's our show for this week. Make sure you do download, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, Podbean. Tune in everywhere. Everywhere you can get podcasts. So for Mello, for Dan, this is Matt. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. 